You're listening to episode 21 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. In this episode, you will hear the steps you can take to put together and run a successful anti-piracy campaign for any type of content or product, how and why you should use a win-win approach, how an organized intellectual property portfolio is a tool, steps content owners could take to get a campaign running, suggested tactics and methods for copyright owners to solve piracy issues, and hear what works for our clients. To sum this title, how anti-piracy measures is like maintaining peace with the Middle East may seem a little bit dramatic. However, I would suggest that no matter your choice of weapons, balancing emotion is typically solved with a tense agreement and the exchange of dollars or services. Welcome to my day. I stand at the crossroad as a controller between groups of creators and intellectual property owners and users and abusers of their work. Now, a little bit, I'm going to talk about some conversations and emails I've had recently that are colorful but not new. But first, let's get into it a little bit. From my experience, content producers are passionate. Uh, I know. I identify as one of you. If you spent time creating a song or writing a book or imparting your knowledge into a chorus or capturing that perfect moment for a movie or photograph or even taking paint to canvas, you put a piece of yourself into that work. And when that work is taken and used without permission or used in a way that you may not agree with, more often than not, this generates an emotional response. If you only paid to own the content, as is common with many large studios or labels, invariably, infringing use generates a similar response. If you created a product that took you years to develop and you release it, and somebody steals it and replicates it, that is too is going to generate an emotional response. And for some... It presents as hot as rage. Pirates, on the other hand, are those who take and use content without permission or a product without permission for commercial gain. They don't have an emotional attachment to what they took and are using. To them, it's a tool to make money. The elements used to think of it, develop it, create it, don't matter. It's a tool. It's assisting in generating revenue or not. It's just that simple. Now, this may seem like an elementary lesson in anti-piracy, but it's important to reiterate. It's important to remind oneself that this is what you will deal with if and when you produce and distribute content or release a product into the world. This should never stop you, though, from releasing anything, simply because it's something that can be addressed when it becomes an issue for you. So why do I share all of this? Well, I want to let you into my world. If I can give you a moment of clarity around any piracy issue then you can be more effective when handling the issue. Many of our tactics are unconventional and require a level of trust. Trust is earned, so asking for it up front can be hard for some to swallow. And as you can imagine, executives and attorneys are not fans of that word out of the gate. However, the good news is that for us, it usually takes a while for a company to find us. I actually prefer if they've gone through circles with others because then at least they have an idea of traditional steps that may not be working. We don't advertise. I don't go to a lot of trade shows. And up until this podcast, our business was 100% word of mouth. 
We released our first episode of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast in July 2019. And in this short period of time, we've built and continue to grow an audience from all circles. And I love the feedback. And it's come in from do-it-yourself creators, executives who I admire from huge companies and top attorneys and academics, and yes, some pirates. So whether you identify as a content creator, distributor, publisher, or proudly and reluctantly define as a pirate, or even a person who doesn't give a shit about content, no, my message doesn't have a hidden agenda. What I suggest here is what we actually put into practice. And you can apply this work into your practice. To those that have shared your successes with me, I thank you. It's always great to hear when my suggestions generate a positive result. In our Facebook group, Tony just posted, your podcast was an insane amount of help and thank you from the bottom of my heart. And Rafa on our Facebook page wrote, I realized just how valuable I really am and it needs to be protected at all costs. That's just awesome. So let's talk about a new client experience at Battleship Stance. This will help you. Battleship Stance is an intellectual property management, anti-piracy, and legal services company. We help companies and individuals identify, develop, protect, and manage their intellectual property rights around the world. We specialize in creating and managing ongoing campaigns for right holders. Now, this is not an advertisement or a pitch. I need you to understand a little bit about what goes into what we do so you can find ways to apply this to your efforts. No matter the size or the scale, any effort is some effort and can generate huge results. So whether you're small or big, a creator looking to address an issue or an attorney looking to expand your practice, here's what we do. Now, I also know one of the services we offer is if you don't want us full-time, we come in, train your team, put procedures into place if need be. We'll map out a campaign and stay available for questions. Okay, that was sort of an ad. <laughs> Battleship Stance's clients uh, come on for a minimum of 24-month contracts, and, and you'll understand why in a second. We present and agree on a budget that's projected out two years. Now, on occasion, we'll collectively amend that budget, but for the most part, we stay within the parameters. Now, on average, it takes about three months for a new client to see any meaningful result and 24 months to be able to kind of step back and go, wow, these kind of times are a good baseline for you as well. Every client, and I imagine like you, is a little different in that they have varying goals and objectives. Many of our clients, though, have shared goals, and these shared goals allow us to handle situations at varying levels from angles simultaneously. If you're a do-it-yourself creator or a small to mid-sized producer, you may want to deploy tactics that are not typically costly. This can be sending notices to engaging pirates, among others. And, and if you're a larger-sized producer, then litigation tactics should be part of your campaign strategy. It can be used as a motivational tool and or to stop a game or send a message. Well, and or generate a result. For you, as you consider various approaches, it's important to ask yourself and answer this question. How aggressive am I prepared to be? Do I have the stomach for litigation? Are you psychologically prepared for legal war? I covered tips and tricks for this in episode 13. If so, how aggressive are you really prepared to be for the next two years or more? Now, if you only want to send letters and see what results you get, that approach can and does work, but you need to pick your targets based on that model. If you're not prepared to potentially fight in courts or courts around the world, then again, you have to pick your targets who won't require you to go there. Now, how do you know who to pick? This comes with uh, time and experience. If you just want your stolen work taken down, send takedown notices. 
as many as it takes to whoever's connected with the site hosting your stolen work. We have templates on IPHQS you can use. So onboarding. The first month is typically spent in what we call onboarding the client. This is the period where we get a handle on what the intellectual property portfolio is and the respective registrations, be it copyright, trademark, or patent. This time includes listing out links or ways we can quickly see samples of the intellectual property and organize the IP into electronic documents and configure it into all the forms and software that we use to do what it is we do. If you followed the steps in episode 20, then you're done with onboarding yourself. The end of the first month into about the middle part of the second month is spent defining the landscape of a particular client's issues, mapping the issues, and then assembling a list and executable plan. This list is then crossed against our existing case library. For you, I would suggest searching for stolen content and keeping track of the links using your spreadsheet or in a notepad. And it doesn't have to be elaborate at all. Links in a notepad and PDF samples are evidence enough when you really get down to it. It's not my favorite way to do it, but you could do it that way. With all of that handled, we then get down to addressing the issues. And these steps are determined based on need. So uh, again, this could include takedown notices or subpoenas or case documentation or investigative work. It's situation specific. But here's an example of it uh, working. Almost three months ago to the day, we took on a new studio. And and like many, they had gone through other companies and tried different tools and attempts to deal with their piracy issues. They were frustrated. They reluctantly signed up and didn't believe that we could provide much. They trusted enough, though, to sign a deal. The reluctance was not a reflection of me or our services, but rather directly from the experiences they had. Content creators, studios, producers, and the like, as we've talked about, don't like seeing their content abused, and I don't either. Frustration can go quite well with anti-piracy efforts. This studio was simply pissed with feelings of hopelessness at all levels of the executive team. We onboarded them and got to work, and I was able to get in contact with the owner of several of their largest infringing sites. One of those we were already in negotiations with for another studio. So if you've listened to other episodes or seen me speak, you've heard me offer up various approaches to solving specific issues. I've suggested affiliate relationships and channel deals and overall traffic deals in addition to immediate takedown and future compliance with or without a cash component. What I haven't spoken loudly about is also how we dismantle and destroy the will and bank accounts of pirates that don't want to work out a deal. And at this point, that's going to stay for our clients. As a result of suggesting ongoing relationships, critics who don't know and critics who are not experienced clients have initially called me soft on on piracy. It couldn't be further from the truth. In this example, for one particular site based on their stats, meaning their traffic sources and ad revenue, they didn't have much to take up front, but they were communicating with us. If I pushed out a huge number, they might scatter and and that would only create more issues. And the cost uh, would be more to get them back to talking to us. So this is where the long game comes in. Sometimes it just makes business sense to play a long game. If you want to tackle different piracy issues, this is important. I cannot stress that enough. This is important, so please listen up. Using this one site as an example, they have about 20 million hits a month. 30% of that is uh, from the U.S. Their next largest blocker are Poland, Germany, and Korea. They're, they're, They're a little all over the place. The site's growing at a healthy rate and should be a lot more than double their size in a year. 
Now, some may immediately say, get rid of the site. That's what certain associations and companies advertise in their press releases in what looks like biannual victory laps. They have a working model, or they have a model. I think those models could be tweaked to create certain results faster. If you just want to shut down sites, that's a strategy that can work, but the site operator, or at least in this case, this site operator, will probably just go open five more sites filled with pirated content and then grow them out until one stands out enough to focus on it full time. But in that period of time, you now have piracy times five instead of one. Five new sites that can be sources for other sites to get content from. Five new sites you have to send notices to. Five new sites you have to figure out if they're connected by a common ownership. And then those sites, in turn, have others who pull from them through embedded links. So all you've done by killing this one site is create five or more new and much larger problems now and down the road. So based on this operation, this operator is not going away even if we get a huge judgment or get a judge to block access to the site. The why the operator won't disappear is irrelevant to this story. You can believe me or not. So I suggested immediately take down of their content, excuse me, client content, future compliance, and an affiliate relationship and a small payout. This site's been growing, and, and again, it's going to continue to grow probably more than double in a year. And taking all of those factors I shared into account, I see this from two angles, and I suggest you consider doing the same when you find a site that's pirating your work. What can I do for our client now? How will this best serve all of our clients in the future? What can I do to serve me now, and how will this best serve me in my future? And two, since the operator is growing, how can I help them make more through smarter traffic deals while positioning our ability to deal with them if need be in the future. And at all times, while they stay compliant with the studios whom we represent. So I sent the options off to our client. Now remember, this is our first settlement together. Even though we discuss various options early on with clients, as early as in initial presentations, until the word, quote, traffic deal is shown as a real life option, most don't seem to hear that option. Many studios, content creators, patent holders, etc., you see this happen daily, focus on how much money can we make doing this? It's short-term thinking if that's the only item you're focused on. Hear me. It's why many anti-piracy campaigns are just whack-a-mole and pay-the-bill games. So for a site with 20 million hits with mismanaged traffic from only a few valuable countries, the answer is they aren't worth much today. However, they're growing. So if they step out in a year or two, once they're substantially larger and making more from smarter traffic deals, well now, they have something worth taking. And they have something they don't want to lose. And now you have a good collectible fight. And you know the numbers, the where, and the who. If you're cocking your head or smiling, know we're strategic in how we help structure deals and help sites. What if it doesn't have to be a fight? If they step out in two years, we help them grow. Why would they want to completely ignore us? We haven't done anything in two years to deserve them being assholes to us. Rather, we worked with them to help them grow while making sure they don't abuse our clients' content or products. Win-win? Yes. Does being a little nice today work tomorrow? Yes, and here's a recent example. 
In late December, I was contacted by the owner of a large campsite company who was attempting to help a woman who had been camming on his network. She had been live camming while waiting on news of a lucrative job offer, and she got the job and wanted her content to disappear. Now, live cams are typically streamed and not recorded by the producer. In the case of this woman, a private show had been recorded and uploaded to a tube site by the person who paid for the private. The cam site owner had hired two other companies, and he himself had sent notices to have content removed without success. The model was rightfully concerned about the long-term ramifications. Through the grapevine, we were connected, and I told him I would take a shot, and if, if we were successful, he could pay us or not, and so be it. Now, this is not what we're usually retained for, but if I can help a model in a cam company, that's just smart business and good juju. Fortunately, the content was only showing up on one site and two Twitter feeds, and that's a pretty rare occurrence. So short story, I had the content removed in less than a week. Longer story of how. When he reached out, he didn't know about Twitter. We discovered that and followed the normal process for removal. The site it landed on was a tube site not known for doing anything with takedown notices. This site has been sued in the past, and what attorneys and others have missed in many of their campaigns is that the site owner, his revenue-generating advertising partners, the domain registration host and CDN provider, are in locations where U.S. laws are toilet paper, and uh, his own country's laws really don't mean much around copyright. Five years ago, though, I had addressed and resolved issues with this site owner, and, and he and I left the situation on good terms. He makes more today than he did then, and he doesn't infringe on our client's content. Hello? I reached out on Skype, shot him a message, and had the content removed. And in full disclosure, I was part of every lawsuit that went nowhere with this guy. At the time we did them, I thought we would get somewhere different. In the end, it was talking it out that resolved it. And uh, he could and still care less about the lawsuits end of the story there is sometimes you just have to play the long game. So welcome to base points to consider for a successful campaign. If you're in the business or wondering how you've never heard of us, it's pretty simple. It's not uncommon. Most of our work is done behind the scenes or quietly for others. And, and you can do the same thing too and have huge successes. Okay. So our client emails me back and writes, look, we didn't sign up to just work with pirates. We want to confirm that you understand that part correctly. They added, coexisting with pirates is like you're selling our own blood and meat to us. I love that one. And I appreciate that one. After all of the emotional talk, they finished with, what are you proposing? Simple. Here is basically how it went down. And I'm mixing my language with that of a few other participants. Uh, message to client. Dear Big Movie Studio, I am in no way suggesting that we work with all pirates. I'm not interested in selling you your own meat. What I am interested in is securing you the best situation we can with one pirate running a limited issue site who we can touch right now. This in no way impacts the other sites we're dealing with or addressing. We're proposing that we have your content taken down and have it stay down. We're proposing that the site give you favorable ads on an affiliate payout. We're proposing that this site pay you a nominal amount so they emotionally seal the deal with something tangible. Currently, we don't believe that this site has the money for a fight and any funds spent on that effort will take away from other areas and not be recoupable. We are proposing that you take the deal and we move on to larger, more problematic sites we're addressing. No need to continue spending energy on a small fish today who's willing to agree to our most basic of terms. 
Since we already agreed that step one for any deal is content removal, we'll get that handled right now. If this person infringes any of your content in the future, we propose that you immediately and without notice lock up their funds, file a lawsuit, and take everything. To quote the awesome 80s movie, sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. So this is the message that went to the pirate. And again, mixing it with a few others. Dear friendly pirate, we spoke to Big Movie Studio about some of the terms we discussed. We in Big Movie Studio are giving you one day to remove all of the work. You will sign up for their affiliate program through this link, and they will pay you for sales generated. This deal is completely predicated on you honoring your word and not putting their content on your sites ever again. We checked with our other movie studio clients, and this is true for these other studios listed below. I have attached a list of links to films that need to come down and listed them out by studio. Let's be clear. In future, should you have any of their films on your sites, they have shared that they will immediately file suit on you and probably name you personally. A lawsuit from any of them against you can be avoided by leaving their content alone forever. As promised, I will have A, B, and C from one, two, and three companies reach out to get you set up so that you can make a lot more with your traffic. If I can be of any other help, feel free to reach out. I'm confident this will look substantially different in a year. Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Now, this pirate, when I brought some of this up earlier, had asked me, and this is, these are direct lines, quote, why are you helping me? Are you involved in the businesses you're referring me to? You're a pirate hunter. My answer was simple and honest. It doesn't cost me anything to help someone by leveraging our relationships. I'm not just a pirate hunter. I've run sites. I've bought and sold domains. I've owned a studio. I've shot content. I create content. In the course of 20 years, I've built a network of relationships. So if I can put you in touch, it costs me nothing. What it does do is create opportunities for all. Just being out to have content removed without helping someone recover from the takedown and grow is short-term thinking. I'll be around in 20 years or longer, and so will you. We never know when paths could cross, and we may need something. So for you, the listener, you may want to keep that in mind. It costs you nothing to provide support if you can. And if you absolutely don't and you just want to crush them, go for it. Just remember that crushing has a price, and you may not know what the bill looks like up front. Now, the pirate's reply was, and I quote, That makes sense. You're really a sophisticated man. Thank you for helping me. I was scared, but I understand what I need to do. The next day when I turned Skype on was a message. Jason, it's all down. I won't put content up from the studios you sent. Just want to make sure we're cool with the takedown issue now. He transferred the money yesterday. Over 1,200 movie links, well, yesterday from the date of this recording, over 1,200 movie links from the site that were also embedded on 20 other sites, so who knows what the actual full count is. They're gone. Problem solved. As I shared at the beginning of this episode, I stand at the crossroad as a controller between groups of creators and owners and users and abusers of their work. A hammer is not always the solution. Unless you have a nail to hit, you're just a guy swinging a hammer. To wrap this up, I suggest that if you're going to be around creating content for a long time, use the same long-term thinking that you apply to your brand, your business, to your piracy issues. I will share that so far this month, we've had hundreds of videos removed from tube sites and movie sites, about 75 videos removed from Twitter and about a dozen from TikTok. Uh, what are we? We're 
just about two weeks into January. Our legal team prepared a large lawsuit that should be filed in the next two weeks. We have DMCA subpoena answers that just came in and three more that went out. We shut down a pirate site and one turned a domain over to us a couple of days ago. Not a bad way to start 2020. Welcome to the long game. I hope this helps you think smarter as you make what can appear to be hard emotional decisions. Please listen to our other podcast episodes for the tools that can help you in keeping anti-piracy a little more simplified and less time-consuming. If you have questions or want to share experiences, you can join and post inside our free Facebook group at Intellectual Property HQ Community. You can follow me on Twitter at Intel Prop HQ, I-N-T-E-L-P-R-O-P-H-Q. And if the podcast episode of the blog post is informative or helpful to you in your endeavors, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And also, please take a moment and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.